0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. With me, as he is for every episode, is the president and founder of Landmark Home and Land Company, a company which has been helping people build their new houses where they want, exactly as they want, across the nation and worldwide since 1993, Mr. Steve Tuma. Steve, how you doing, my friend? It's another great day another fun day helping
1: customers uh design houses build them and and work with uh different different details and today we were working on a project and uh, and you know where, where a customer want to know how do, how does my house fit on a lot
0: <laughs> right
1: yeah, it it sounds kind
0: of simple but when you think about it it's like who's ever thought about that and that falls under what site planning would you say
1: yeah i would say site planning it's a uh, it's an important thing and uh so sometimes there's uh you know, technical details, you know, it's, and generally smaller to the lot, a little more complex mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, it's just harder to fit a lot more in a little space. But some nice big lots and mountain areas, you know, slopes and stuff there. There's a, a lot of details, but it's 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 important not just for the,
0: the building department, but also for your enjoyment of the, the home and the site. Well, I, I, just just give me the basics. Talk to me like I'm a third grader. I mean, how do how do I go about developing a, a site plan? Well, it's kind of interesting
1: because uh, a lot of customers will know, you know, where they want to put a house or what the house looks like, or if they own the land, they'll be like, "Well, this is our spot, and you know, we've got a view of the sunrise or the sunset, or, or hey, this is easy access to get out of the kitchen, run to the garage, and go <laughs> off to work." Right. So, whatever someone's priority is, they generally have some some general concepts. So, the idea of setting it up for someone's lifestyle. Is important, but it's also good to make sure it fits the regulations and and other things that are you know important for uh, you know draining, accessing your garage, being able to make sure you can get on the porch roof. If you're if you're going to put a patio in the back, make sure that the ground is there. So it's uh it's important stuff to to review and understand because different houses fit on land different ways. Sometimes people send us a plan for a house with a big walkout basement, and they're telling us that they want to build it on a slab in Iowa. Mm-hmm. So we've got to make adjustments to the design to make sure that that it'll it'll fit the uh, the land. But there there's it's it's kind of interesting. I'm I'm initially talking about how do you fit it on the land? You know, does it flow? Does it work? Good, but some of these regulations that the building departments have, there'll be different setbacks. So some areas you got to have a 10-foot front yard or 20- or 30-foot front yard. Some will say you have to have 10 on side yards. Some will say you have to have 20 total with the minimum of 8 on one side. So mm-hmm. sometimes the interpretation's relatively simple. You just need to understand. And then there's also rear lot setbacks. So those are details that we can work with with customers to find out the building area. You know, so to make sure that the footprint of the house fits in there. So, and we can work with the finer technical details. Most building departments say the setback shall go up to the side of the house, the wall of the house. We've had others say no, it goes to the overhang. Others say no, it's to the farthest projection. So, if you're putting gutters on the house, you have to go to the setback up to the gutter. Mm -hmm. So. There's a variety of situations that we can help a customer work through, and that's that's a very important part. You don't want to design and have a house ready and then find out that you, that you can't put it on the lot. Mm-hmm. Um, within that, some of these building departments have lot coverage setbacks or lot coverage restrictions, so you can't have over forty percent of the ground covered. Ah, uh, okay. Right, so they basically don't want people just you know covering their their lot with cement you know they want some green areas or to you know have side yards and 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 have a certain feel in the neighborhood so sometimes those coverages are by roof area sometimes it's roof area and sidewalks and garage area and overhangs so it's uh that we we can work with the uh the situation there to make sure it complies then there's also height restrictions some areas, they don't want you putting five story buildings. I, I guess uh, you
0: could make some pretty angry neighbors if you build too high. <laughs> yeah, you put your tower there, you know, <laughs> the big evil tower in the
1: middle of town right. or something. Right. But right. no, um, so there, there's height restrictions. And then what a couple communities have is they have different restrictions to make sure sunlight gets in your yard mm. so that you don't have to put shadows all over. So. There's there's different calculations sometimes on on how to calculate these these different details, and that that's what we can help. It's it's not hard for us to do. It's just a matter of finding out what your building department wants, and we we can go through. So we don't expect every customer to know every detail on site planning, mm-hmm. but that's what it is. Um, but then other uh, some building departments will ask things like, where's your septic? Where's your reserve area for the septic? Where's the driveway? What's it made of? Mm-hmm. Where does your gas come in your power your electric come in you know any other utilities where are there power poles are there any other buildings are there um in areas you know the fires in california are big they want to know are there restricted areas where someone can't travel through are there cliffs or different stuff because if there's a fire the fire department might look at it and say hey you know these are the conditions at the house and then then they're prepared to uh to, to fight the fire so mm-hmm. there, there could be different situations again it's details that we deal with i'm just kind of reviewing them so people could get an understanding of what's in what's involved <clears throat> excuse me generally the less sophisticated building departments they just want to know hey how big is your lot where's your house going does it fit within the setbacks mm-hmm. other building departments want want details but that's part of our service uh if someone wants the uh site plan to help get that all put together and and go from there we always say that someone should understand their lot they you know if they own it they should have a survey of it or a legal description so that we could develop this plan um and, and so that they they know what what they own they Rarely, but occasionally, someone will say, "Hey, I own a hundred by a hundred lot." Well, you get the legal description, and it's ninety-seven feet six inches by hundred two feet and four inches. Mm-hmm. So, uh, more and more building departments are making sure that the site plan is actually drawn to what their recorded piece of land is. Mm-hmm. You know, to make sure that everything's
0: consistent. You were you're talking about um, building departments a lot. We do we do discuss that a lot on this podcast, dealing with the with uh, building departments and how much Landmark, you, you know, you, stuff like lot coverage, height restrictions that we mentioned in Landmark uh, Home and Land Company, your company does uh, help the customer deal with those and deal with the uh, with the d- different departments. But what about homeowners associations? Uh, how much control are they going to have over my site design? And, and how much of that do you, does Landmark need to know before they can help a customer? Right. There's, homeowners associations um are, are interesting
1: because the general concept is they'll go through to keep the uniformity or to keep a uh, a certain community to a certain standard so generally if they have recorded covenants and restrictions they might name them something else but covenants and restrictions they they might be as simple as you you can't park two cars in your driveway. Mm-hmm. Or they might say, hey, the house has to be over a thousand square feet. If it's two levels, it's gotta be over sixteen hundred square feet. And then other homeowners associations can be extremely restrictive. They could say you've got to have these colors, you gotta come by a board, you gotta do this, 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 and this, and they can can really, really dictate what it is. Most of them are pretty easy going. They've got a clear and written set of guidelines. As long as you fit them, you should be ready to go and uh and get it so we can work with it um, you know, read them, work with the plans, make sure it's all put together, and we can also get the plans so mm-hmm. in some cases, if they're simpler, saying, "Hey, the house needs to be a thousand square feet, we just draw the plan, so it's a thousand square feet or larger according to what the customer wants. If it's something more specific, we've actually had some building departments say you have to specify the exact manufacturer and color of the the roof, the siding, the fascia, soffits, windows, and they want samples of, of them at the meeting. Hmm. So they can be restrictive, but generally people know about that before they purchase the land, so if it makes sense for them to have a a more restrictive neighborhood they, they can buy there. If they want something less restrictive, they can go somewhere else. But overall, it's just another, uh, you know, it's just, they, they just want to make sure that the community's uniform. You wouldn't want to go in and build a nice home and then find out the guy next to you is building something less than nice. Mm. So we, we can be supportive and help the process. The important thing is to get those approvals before you get too deep in the final designs and stuff, because if they do come back and say hey you got a nice home but we need you to do this and that we we can make those revisions hmm. but most most homeowners associations are are pretty easy going every once in a while they get interesting but they're they're pretty easy going and and straightforward so um and sometimes the important thing is that sometimes they are more restrictive than the city right so right. i'm working on a project right now where the city setbacks are 25 feet in the front, 10 on each side, and 20 in the back. But the Homeowners Association restricts the front setback at 30 feet.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah.
1: So that's that's why you've got to look at what this, the city or the county wants, along with what the Homeowners Association wants. And we, we can... You know, look at some of those things and interpret some of them, and <coughs> excuse me, get get you the set of plans so that they can be submitted properly. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's let's talk about the actual lay of the land, as they say. How how does the the topography affect the use of my site?
1: Well, topography basically just kind of get tells you you know is the land flat? Is there a hill? Is there a steep hill? Mm-hmm. Is there a cliff? And if you've ever looked at a site plan, there might be lines there. And there might be a number there like it'll say 100 and it might say each line is a 1 foot increment or 2 foot increment or 10 foot yeah, increment I've seen that. and you could read that to show where hills are where that's important is in making sure the house fits on the land making sure the the foundation fits properly if you might need to get someone in there to do a grading plan or a drainage plan but it, it allows you to understand stuff so if if you're in an area and designing it you might not want to design driveway so it's on a a steep upslope mm-hmm. might not be safe you know so you you can look at the terrain and see what it is and sometimes it's to take advantage of a view but generally when we're working on it it's it's to make sure that the house fits on the land the foundation works right to know that if you want a walk out basement make sure there's enough space or if it's a lookout basement to make sure there's enough space or or if someone wants a house on a slab to make sure that you're you've got an area where the land is is workable so topography is is very important now what's interesting is you know certain states there's less topographical challenges like florida is a pretty flat state you know what what they consider a hill down there people don't even notice in the colorado rockies <laughs> <Right>. so so <laughs> that's good you you can end up in some pretty extreme situations you know, when you get in into mountain areas. And and that's where where it's important in, in, in positioning the house. And sometimes it's not just for the foundation. Sometimes it's aesthetics. Sometimes people want to say, hey, there's this beautiful mountain here or this knoll or this, you know, vista where the sun sets, and we want to be able to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Or they might say, hey, you know, we have horses. We want the horses to have this flat area. Let's put the house in an area that's higher on the hill to look over. The pasture, so that that it's it's kind of uh, an an important detail. Now, a lot of customers when they buy the land they'll go through and say, "Hey, this is beautiful. I want the house here, and the garage is here, the pole barn's there, or whatever it is," and and go from there. Hmm. Um, generally, city lots are are relatively flat, but there have been conditions we need topographical details and in, in areas that are very sophisticated in their permit review. Hmm.
0: Now you you mentioned grading plans just a second ago, and um, it, it sounds like something that's probably a good idea to get. Would you say in most situations?
1: In situations where you're in a an area where there's a varied uh, terrain, you know, a lot of hills and valleys and stuff like that, it's it's important. Um, like if you're in a flat piece of land, generally isn't important. There are some areas of California where they'll ask you to get a topographical detail and a grading plan on a perfectly flat piece of land that's going to stay perfectly flat because they want to know what's there and what will be there. Mm-hmm. It's just documentation. But, like, if you're building on the side of a hill, it's it's important to have the topographical details and a grading plan so that you know you've got proper access for driveways to get in your doors um, in some areas, this is kind of done to make sure that there's enough turnaround for emergency vehicles, but the areas that want grading plans, the, your building department will, will request them. It's pretty rare that someone does a grading plan just to do it, <laughs> you know? So gen- generally in, in mountainy areas, you know, mm-hmm. big, big in Colorado's, uh, and, and, uh, color- California type projects and, and also in Oregon and Washington state every once in a while, you'll, you'll run into that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, uh, that, that's something we can work with on the site plan. So, so basically I think the bottom line of site plans is some of them are very simple. If you're building in an area, they may not even ask for one. They may just say, Hey, sketch up, you know, your lot dimensions and where you're putting the house. And others they, they can get very complex. The point is where they're asking for more complex information, there's probably little challenges to the lot and we need to have that information to properly design the home and supply the information the building department will will require. There are situations where grading plans get into the safety of a home, you know, making sure you can get out of a house properly. You know, and and easily get in and out of a house uh, for whatever reason. So it's it's important stuff. But you know, site site plans, like I say, can be simple or they can be complex. Either way, we can work through the process to to help it. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes customers just want a site plan so that they can visually look at
0: it, right? I could see that, and
1: say, hey, you know, I want to sit out there with my family and say, hey, the pole barn's going here, the garage is here. Hmm. And some families will actually go out to their land and stake it and say, here's the garage, here's the driveway, here's the house, here's the porch, and they'll sit there and go, okay, is this taking advantage of the view? Mm-hmm. Is this making it easy, you know, if they've got multiple cars to make sure they can get in the driveway right? Now, we can plan that on paper, but some people actually like to kind of role-play it out on the land. Why
0: not? Yeah, that's great.
1: So so that, that, uh, that, that you can see it, and within that site plan then, you can start seeing, hey, wait, we've got a view of this hill or this big tree or the lake or the river. We should have a window here, right? Or this is where we want the back porch. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of important, not just for regulations, but also the the enjoyment of of the home. Mm-hmm. It's
0: it's a pretty key element. So site plans can be can be pretty detailed, but they can also be pretty simple. I would think.
1: Right. Yeah. That that's the point. It it really comes down to. Um, you know what what the building department uh, re- requests, but mm-hmm. but it's something we can help with. We we just work with a customer for them to provide the information. We get it drawn up. If they need help interpreting something or knowing how how to obtain some information, um, we 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 can hide we can help them through the process. It's a mm-hmm. uh, we've been doing it a while. We can help.
0: It just steve you i i have to tell you your your knowledge on the subject of uh, home building is it never ceases to amaze me um i i, I just want to know a little bit about your day i mean helping people just seems to be something that landmark is you know you guys are known for your great customer service but how how many hours of your day are spent on a telephone just helping people get through the little bumps of home building the, the you know without scraping their knees too much that's interesting because I think if I looked at
1: how many hours it was I'd, I'd be like <laughs> wow, I work a lot. Uh it's it's basically you, you get out of bed and you help people. <laughs> and you take calls, it's it's uh emails, texts, phone calls, messages through social marketing wherever wherever it may come through uh we, we communicate with the people and, and by, by telephone as well. And the interesting thing is uh we do like to support and help the customer. So some customers call, some people email, some people text, whatever it is, uh we're we're very responsive and take care of it because uh we, we think it's important that our customer understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so if someone says, Hey, should I do this or that, we don't just answer yes. We try to explain why it makes sense. Right, right. Because they're, they're owner builders. They, they're they doing this for personal enjoyment, satisfaction, learning, control the quality, control the budget. There's, there's a lot of reasons why they do it. And we want them to enjoy the process. It can be a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But when you understand it and realize, hey, I'm taking an extra time to do my site plan right so we have the view of the pond, you know, as long as they live at the house, they're going to enjoy the view of the pond right. or the, the sunrise or sunset or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that's why we like to work with people in a supportive manner to, to help them through the process. There's, I think in any professional business, there's people that just give you answers and push you out. We're here to say, Hey, let's make sure you understand this so that you can make good decisions. And those good decisions lead to a better home and a more enjoyable building process. So, a huge portion of our business is repeat
0: and uh, and referral business. Um, that's a result of taking care of people. And in, in, I was told that you actually uh, receive like Christmas cards and things from from former customers. That's that's pretty amazing. That says a lot. Oh, it's it's
1: it's amazing. There's one family, they're a, a retired couple in uh, Arizona every year. Mm-hmm. I and I think we helped them five years ago. Pe- people will just call up. And say, hey, what's happening? You know, we were just sitting here and talking about you. It's like <laughs> your ears must have been burning, and you know, I just wanted to tell you about this. And there's people that'll call ten, fifteen years later, say, hey, remember me? I want to do another one. Wow! That is the ultimate pat on the back. You know, landmark. Mm-hmm. You did a great job. It's it's just it's just amazing when when people come back and will we'll go through and say. You know, you really helped me. Do you remember me? I'm like, yeah, that was a cool house. It was a chalet in Colorado, mm-hmm. you know, or or the or the house in the historic district in Pennsylvania, you know, and and to go through and and work that through, and that that's what what you're hitting there is a, a passion. I think we totally enjoy this. We're having fun. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. We we we. This isn't a nine to five. This is an, an all day invent endeavor. We've been doing it since nineteen ninety-three. If someone calls us on a week and we answer, mm-hmm. or we'll give them a call back right away. We're we're supportive of the project because we realize it's a very important project to them. Of and course. it's also mm-hmm. very important to us. Mm. It's cool. It's a lot of fun. And <laughs> and you know what? The best thing is we're we're lucky. We've got a lot of very good customers doing interesting projects that are just trying to do things to, to, to get a good home, whether it's their first home, their fifth home, their retirement home, whatever, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how our help affects them and their ability to live a better life. It's very
0: cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, with that happy note, we're going to wrap up this episode of the panelized prefab kit home building show. Um, But before we go, Steve, uh, tell our listeners how best uh, to get in contact with you guys over at Landmark Home and Land Company.
1: The best way is to call 800-830-9788. You can also check out our website at lhlc.com. That's the initials of Landmark Home and Land Company, but it's just lhlc.com. We're on social platforms Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And then uh, you can also email us. Uh, Mike will generally work with customers up front. He's at Mike at LHLC.com. And I'm at Landmark at LHLC.com. And we're always, you know, wanting to help and help people sort uh, projects out. We realize some people are ready to go now and we realize other people might make it need a year, two or three year or whatever time to mm-hmm. get, get things in line, get the right land, you know, get, 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 every, get everything in a row so that they can move forward. So we, we don't look at this as a race to build a house. We look at it as a, a positive endeavor to go through and make sure the house is designed and built properly.
0: Mm. Fantastic. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the uh, panelized Prefab kit Home Building Show. So for Steve Tuma and myself, once again, thanks for joining us, and we will see you all next time. Well, thank you.